What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Coast to Coast. This is Diamond tuning in from the West Coast, and I'm here with my very best friend, as always, Jamal. What's up with you today? Hello, hello. I am tuning in from the East Coast, but you know, the dirty South now. So I'm here to spit some knowledge and some facts today, because that's what we're about to do. Yes. You know what? We like, we've kind of been playing along the edge of talking about things that maybe people don't see on the regular and it would be a lot more fun sometimes to just kind of keep it that way but that's not why we made this space for us so we are definitely going to dive into some uh some would say heavy I would just say shit you need to know you know what I mean um but before we do that how are you doing you know like retrograde just finished a lot going on how do you how are you feeling you good um, I am feeling a lot better. I was definitely in a little bit of a mental fog for a nice little minute of that retrograde. So I'm feeling much better. Um, and I do want to say, you know, we're fixed signs, you and I. So these transits this year starting off have not really been nice to us because Aquarius is definitely a little bit more innovative, forward thinking, and we're fixed energy. So we hate change, quote unquote. And, you know, of course, Taurus, we love Taurus energy, but Taurus energy with Uranus and Mars also has been kicking us in the ass. So, you know, it's been a little rough, but how are you feeling now? Same here. I'm like, it. I don't like not feeling the earth beneath my feet. And so that's definitely how the energy has been the past couple of weeks of it just being like, I don't know how I'm going to feel the next day. I don't know how I'm going to feel the next moment. I don't know what the world is going to be up to from one moment to the next. And it's definitely, um, I'm like literally out of my element. And at the same time, I feel like that's really our work right now in the world, just starting to become okay, you know, as okay as possible with not knowing what's going to, you know, not knowing, just being comfortable, not knowing everything. I feel like that's really a level of faith um, and presence, like mindfulness that we are all kind of collectively being called to develop. And this season has been fertile ground for, for that type of exercise. So just, you know, trying to navigate it as best as possible grateful for my tools grateful for my friends that I can talk to like you we've we you have pulled me out of some funky places (laughs) over the past couple weeks and I know I've done the same for you so it's like that alone is something to be grateful for because some people are having to navigate this without that so I just have to be grateful yes 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 so I'm I'm pretty glad it's over and right now we have pretty much all of the planets direct right now. So mm-hmm. things should start feeling like they're moving in a different direction over the course of, you know, the next several weeks until we have another retrograde transit. So, which we don't have for a while now. So things should kind of start moving in a different direction. Okay. Thank you for that forecast. Cause your girl, I could use some stability. I really could. <laughs> no, I don't want to say better or worse because it's going to be different for everybody listening. You know, right. so you definitely want to check your chart, but different, different direction. Right. And I guess that's why I just keep like, rather than even looking at it, just focusing on like, okay, how can I stay mindful? How can I stay present? How can I stay grateful? 
And how can I, above all else, how can I amplify what I do want to see in the world? Because I feel like that is a battle that actually can be won as compared to like, how can I get this, this, that, and the other person or this entity to stop the bullshit? It's like, we probably won't be able to, but if we create a frequency that is higher and we amplify that, I feel like that's something that we can actually make headway with. So those are like things that I'm hanging on to for dear life <laughs> from here on out, it feels like, because, you know, 2020 was a tip of the iceberg, so. Yes, it's, it's been an interesting time, I think, to live through at this moment. These last two years, really, but mm-hmm. I think we're definitely coming on the other end of a lot of things. So I think, you know, collectively, we're definitely going to be on a different page than we have been. And I think it's also because a lot of us are kind of like, you can't play willfully ignorant anymore, you know, so. You know what, that that's actually the perfect segue into the conversation we want to have today, because like you said, it should be impossible at this point for people to act like they don't know that something is off in the world with our leadership and just with all of the systems that we've come to rely on to know, you know, up from down. Um, I think that honestly is probably the biggest paradigm shift that we're ready for is that you're, you have to be responsible for the world that we're creating. Because if you leave it up to the government, you leave it up to the powers that were or whatever to make these decisions for you, this is what we have. We've been gradually building to a society where something like mass surveillance, mass data collection is normal. And that takes a certain amount of permission on our end to make this a reality. And it seems as though at the moment there are being efforts made to really um, lock that in, normalizing constant surveillance and you know just a loss of our autonomy and sovereignty on an individual level. It feels like right now there are, are entities that are trying to lock that in as just a norm um, so specifically, we wanted to talk about how the terms of service and a lot of these apps that we rely on and use all day, every day, how they're actually incredibly um, inappropriate as far as our privacy goes um, and infringing on our conversations, our activities, our location, and even our emotional state at any given moment. Because as we brought up in the last episode really quickly, People can go to school and specialize in how to manipulate your brain chemistry and how to manipulate your physiological state to make you buy things, to make you feel a certain way, to make you act a certain way. These, all of these things are being used seemingly, I mean, at this point, it seems very uh, like a weapon against people's freedom of thought and freedom, just general freedom. And I think it's really crazy because I know, like, even, like, I think we've had, a like, a joking conversation, like, you know, after I got the phone with you and we were talking about this, why did I see an ad for this pop-up? Or, you know, why did Spotify or whoever, you know, not, not singly, Spotify, it doesn't have to be Spotify, anybody, why did Pandora, why did Apple Music, whoever, like, play this ad after I just talked about this? Like, you know, or why did I just see a commercial about this right after I was talking about this? Like, we've all like, had that joke or that, like, ha-ha moment, but, like, mm-hmm. on a really serious tip, why do you think that has happened? Like, 
let's dive a little bit deeper into all of that because I think at this point it is not a coincidence. It's definitely not a, you know, oh, it just so happens I was talking about this and I saw a commercial. They must be really on their marketing. No. Or if or if we want to talk about marketing, maybe not the type of marketing that we are used to, which is, you know, the Pepsi commercials during Super Bowl back in the day, or yeah. you know, like those commercials that you used to love seeing as a kid, or you know, the, remember those little stencil commercials? Like, not that kind of marketing. This is different yes. type of marketing altogether. We're talking about the type of marketing where you know, effectively, we're being singled out about who we're with, where we are, like you, everything you're saying, and also like, oh, what are your interests, so that we can target this person. You know, now you're getting emails about stuff that like you've talked about. And all of a sudden you're getting these emails about, oh, you have a deal on this. Oh, you have a deal on that. And it's like, dude, are y'all listening to everything that we say or what? The answer to that question seems to be a resounding, hell yeah, we're listening. We're watching. You know what I mean? Like the the funny thing to me when um, Alexa first came out and there was this whole big controversy because this man ended up being convicted of a murder because they were able to pull the recordings from his Alexa of what was going on in his home. And of course, in this case, it's like, you know, awesome that they caught somebody that killed the person, but that should have been a huge deal to everybody on some like, so hold on, when I'm not talking to Alexa, she's still listening. And not only is she listening, this information is recorded. And not only is the information recorded, it's stored. And not only is it stored, it's accessible by whoever Google decides that, you know, that's appropriate for. And I think that it sucks because in the same way that an average person wouldn't know how to navigate medical literature or scientific literature, the average person doesn't know how to navigate these terms of service really to know what they're talking about. So, and they're so dense with information and just like wordage and jargon that even if you were to sit there and try to comb through it and understand what it's talking about, you're not going to get the full picture of what you're actually agreeing to whenever you download everything, every single thing that you that has to do with the internet just about. There's some type of terms of service that 9.999 times out of 10, a person's not going to read. And like I said, even if they did read it, are they going to understand it at the depth of the people that wrote it, that designed it? No. So it's like, it's, it's, it's impossible to ignore at this point that we're being recorded. In the example of like, you know, oh, I want to buy this outfit or I want to go to see this concert and you log on to your Instagram and you see an ad for it, that's kind of an innocent example. But what about when we're talking about social inequalities? You know, about the case of like Breonna Taylor, for example, how you can be talking about how, you know, how wrong it is that that happened to her. When you go on Instagram, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see information that's in support of that stance, meaning that people that are on the other side of the argument, they're going to see information on Facebook or whatever that's in support of their stance. So it's just continually polarizing people into what they already think and feel rather than allowing for the full spectrum of opinions and information to be available to people. It just becomes more and more polarized. And I think that if we, you know, just continue with this trend, it's really gonna become a world of black, more more so 
a world of black or white thought when there's a whole spectrum of information and opinions that we really should be considering at any given time. And um, I want to piggyback off of you by using a different example. Let's say if you are a creative, that could be digital media, that could be a songwriter, it could be a singer, it could be an actor, voice actor, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's say that a lot of your viral content or clicks to your site or whatever, you know, you get where I'm going, you, mm-hmm. that's reliant on your social media engagement of what you post. Um, you might want to think about the terms and conditions because there's, you know, a few things that people, you know, don't really pay attention to, like things that are non-exclusive, which means that you can upload your own work or whatever the case is, right? But let's say if you were in a contract or let's say if that was like something that you didn't pay attention to, let's say if you're using your, you know, your professional page, right? And you're only allowed to post on one platform, but you can't post on any other because of a competitive thing. Or let's talk about if there's royalty, you know, free things as well in the terms and condition. That could mean that you could go viral and not receive any money from it, right? Um, So, and let's say in essence, let's say you go viral on Twitter. You're not probably, you're, you know, I don't know any person personally who's went viral and received money from it. You know, that's just like, that's just a throwaway example. Or let's talk about modification. An image that you post or media that you post can be modified by that platform without your consent. Um, Or let's talk about, you know, other things like that. So I feel like that kind of is, you know, something that leads into, you have to be careful because a lot of us don't read the terms and conditions. So because we think it really doesn't matter or Mm -hmm. it's too long, who's going to read that anyway? Mm -hmm. Kind of the point. So, I mean, you know, which I mean, or you could say, hey, I barely post on social media. The stuff I post is so like insignificant. It really doesn't matter. Um, But that might be one out of every 10,000 people that's like that. Or that might be two out of every 30,000 people who don't use social media at all or don't engage. Right. But for those of us who do, there's just things that you might want to know about the terms and conditions, because if you are, you know, making a transition to become you know, a artist or someone who relies upon social media engagement, there's certain things you might want to, you know, read for because there's even things like, oh, well, my post got blocked on social media and I don't know why. Check those terms and conditions. That's probably why. Yeah. That's a major one because as like, when you're creative, there's a difference between like, you know, just creating things for the sake of making that money. But when you're like, just purely creating from the need to create something from your heart, you know, like something that you really came to this earth with that nobody else has. The idea that that could be used for something else's agenda is so painful. I can't imagine ever opening, you know, or turning on the TV or opening the app and I'm seeing a song that I made being used for something that I didn't intend it to be used for or like photography like that has to be so tough for Instagram like if you are a photographer and this app can take your hard work and use it for whatever the fuck they want to use it for and not even tell you let alone pay you for it that is so absurd and like you said that's the point they don't want people to read the terms and conditions because that would mean that a lot of people, well, I mean, hopefully you would think that people would divest from these platforms 
But that's another big part of the problem is like, what are the alternatives? Especially now that, you know, with everything going on in the world, social media is really the only way that some people are able to have social interactions. Mm -hmm. So it's like really monopolizing our need uh, as humans to interact with each other, to create and share with each other. It's, it's really disappointing, you know, the fact that this could go on. And even more so, I think back to like you were saying with um, how when we can be talking about something and next thing you know, you see an ad. I know you know how I get down, like I'd be asking for signs and synchronicities. That's, that's the way that a lot of people navigate, not a lot of people, but that's how, especially intuitive people, that's how we navigate our decision-making. You know, it plays a part in how we decide how we want to move, how we get confirmation for certain things. And it's really annoying that you can't even, you can't even use it in that way anymore because you can't even call it a synchronicity. It's literally just recording you taking those sound bites and selling it so that, you know, they get their money and these other people get to put their advertisements in your space, in your field, in your mental and energetic and physical space. I think that for those of us who use social media because it is part of your brand or you have something to offer and that is your medium through which you are giving people access, I think it's a little bit more concerning because it can get real, you know, it can get real technical, you know, and there's really not much you can do. And I think that for some of us, you know, there, that's been the thing about networking, you know, during these last, you know, I want to say, you know, 15 ish years or whatever that social media has been around networking, making new friends, making business connections, all types of things like that have came through social media. So it's one of those things where you have to really watch how you're navigating it because if you don't read it and you're posting things and you're not looking, then it can, you know, it can get really, you know, crazy. And, you know, I feel like people are a little bit more passionate now more than ever because it's kind of like, it's almost like going on social media. It's like you're, oh, it's my birthright. I have the right to post what I want. I have the right to promote my business. I have the right to promote my music. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, you definitely have a birthright but there's terms and conditions as well. So it's kind of <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I definitely think that um, it's one of those things that you have to really be careful about. And I want to say as well that during this time that we're in, I think that you're going to start seeing people, you know, kind of like, I don't want to say abandoning their social media, but I think it's just the thing about people making more fake accounts on social media as well. Mm-hmm for this purpose of, you know, cloaking themselves or hiding themselves or, you know, things like that. So, you know, a lot of people have, what is it like? I forgot what they're called. They're not spam pages. I forgot the burner name. Accounts. Hmm? Those burner accounts. Yes. Burner accounts. Yeah. Burner. Accounts. That's a perfect example. There, Because people use it. Oh, my real name's not on here. Mm-hmm. My real life isn't on here. And yet I get to live my life through social media for whatever reason I have this burner account for. So it's kind of like that is... I have something I've noticed as like a counter action. And I think the uh, immediate reaction is, oh, just stop using social media. Oh, just, you know, turn your phone off. And, you know, I think there's some people who've answered that in a different way. And that's just like, oh, let me make a bur- bur- blah, excuse me, let me make a burner account instead. So as far as like what these terms of condition end up censoring, 
because I noticed like, so I have some people in my community that do sex work and there's a range of what that looks like. Specifically the, some of the women that I know, they use, you know, they're, they're talking about reclaiming your sexuality as a woman. And so, and, you know, taking advantage of eroticism for the sake of healing, you know, healing sexual trauma, reconnecting with the body. So Mm -hmm. they will use erotic images and in the most beautiful, graceful, like beautiful ways, absolutely gorgeous. And then the terms and conditions come in and say, you're not allowed to have I don't want to see your pubic hair or whatever the case poking out from around your bikini. And that's so interesting to me because for the longest time, how long have men been using sexual images of women to make money? I mean, forever. Sex Mm -hmm. sales has been the law of the land forever. And now that I see women in a position to display themselves sexually in their own way, and take advantage of it in a way that may not necessarily be appealing to men, they're being censored. Right. And I find that very disgusting. And then to add another layer to that, if we leave the topic of, of sexual content, when we talk about political content or just controversial things, for example, with the whole COVID thing, the fact that you can't say shit about it on Instagram, at least, without a link being put on it to the CDC. And I just, and then some people get their accounts completely blocked if they say certain things about the vaccine, or you can get your account deactivated if you were saying certain things about Trump or about Biden or about the elections. People are actually, or, you know, police brutality, people are losing their right to the birthright. It is a birthright to express yourself. You have a voice that the creator gave you. you. So you have the right to say and think and feel how you want. And, you know, there's a responsibility with that. You have to be accountable for the things that you say, think, and feel. But the idea that that should be censored, I don't agree with that. I, you know, they, and I feel like they try to use big events to justify this censorship. For example, with the COVID thing, they're like, oh, well, we're trying to help people because there's conspiracy theorists out here and they're telling people bad information. And it's like, well, there's so many examples of the government giving people bad information. So we you can't just say that that's why you're doing it. There's an agenda behind that. And I feel as though people should have to have responsibility for the information they take in. Don't take the information away. Like they're, they try to use a thing at the Capitol to justify banning political speech. Well, that's very dangerous. This country, one of the founding artifacts for this country is supposed to be that freedom of speech when the the alternative newspaper was circulating and talking about the things that were going on in government like these are things that are the supposed to be the foundation of this free nation you know like don't cut people's accounts off because they're being racist like you can't censor racist people without also censoring social activists and i don't think that was an accident i guess my question is is that you know what really is going to lie ahead for us um, as it pertains to if we do decide, okay, you know, I remember like the whole blackout situation where everyone posted a black box to Mm -hmm. show they weren't, you know, posting that day and that lasted for a day and that was great. But, you know, obviously it's like, we can't expect people to decide to just suddenly give up 
access to their own social media for that reason. So it's kind of like, I wonder what that, where that leads us to, especially in a time right now where, you know, it's kind of like frowned upon to have social contact with people, you know, face to face right now. You know, I know that's slightly off topic than what we're talking about, but kind of frowned upon to have close to, you know, face to face contact with people right now, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you're saying, social media is one of the ways that people are connecting. So it's like, but what does that mean if we were all to collectively say, you know what, I'm not going to post for a week. I'm not going to post for, you know, a month. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what would that really look like? I think that brings us to the larger question of how ready people are to create the reality. Because like I said, people, we've just been conditioned over so many decades and hundreds of years and generations to give that power out to somebody else. Somebody else is supposed to tell me how to be. And that's dangerous because it's actually not true. You know, at the end of the day, it's your thinking and your activities that's going to create the world. So when it comes to social media, if people aren't even reading the terms and conditions, then they can't possibly act on it. And okay, say we do read the terms and condition and decide, okay, everybody, no one is going to post their art or creative endeavors or entrepreneurial things. We're going to cut it all off of social media. That would force change. But are people going to do that? I highly doubt it, unfortunately, because first, first, mostly people don't even read the terms and conditions. And I know this video that you and I were looking at where it was actually breaking down how our location is constantly being pinged, even if our GPS and location services are off. When we looked at the video and then we looked in the comments, uh, there's people saying, I don't really care about any of this. I don't care. I don't care if the FBI is looking at me, like making a joke out of it. Like the FBI can watch me on my camera. I'd be twerking for the FBI. Like a lot of people really don't give a damn. And I think a big part of that is because they feel powerless, which is, I think, a big device of these terms of services where, like you said, it's so much information and it's so jumbled that people are like, well, I don't understand this, so I'm just not going to read it. I feel like right. that's people's mentality in general as far as how we're creating our society, where they're like, well, I can't control the government, so I'm just not going to pay attention, or I can't control social media, so I'm just going to continue as is. And I don't, I don't think that that's a very um, smart way to go about it, but I get it. It's so overwhelming, you know, to think that you don't have any power in the situation. So you just act, you act accordingly. You act like you don't have any agency over it. And I think that's what they're counting on. Right, right. Um, and I guess my thing is this. Um, I know we talked about this briefly. I hope I'm not jumping like too ahead, but you know we talked about there are ways that people can issue complaints about these social media, you know, terms and policies and things like that. So I want to say to everyone listening, if that's something that you felt like, you know, at any point or even now, even like, hey, I would love to report this to someone, there is a way to do it. Um, I believe. That it's just about the way that it's unfortunately executed in the sense because it seems like you know there are times where yeah we have something to say but it's said a weird way different way not accept, i'm sorry an acceptable way then there's this whole thing and it's kind of like what that person is saying 
could be true, but it gets lost in the way it's being delivered or the way that people are not wanting to be receptive to things. So I think there, you know, there has to come a point where, okay, there's something going on here that's a little off. I individually may not be able to shut anything down, but there is a way that I can definitely play a part, which is filing a complaint if there is one or not engaging, like we've said before, um, you know, and I don't want to even say making a burner account because I feel like in that case, you might, you know, depending on if you're using your own email or not, or whatever the case is, that really may not help you all that much. Right. right. I, mean, I don't know how to do that, but, you know, hey, somebody out there might have, so just in case. Right. And I know you mentioned this, ooh, you brought something up that I loved, this case between the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, and um, Facebook. Yeah. And the case is still going on, but you were talking about how they were suing them for a monopoly because they pretty much own all the social media apps. And I thought that that was an incredible, I mean, like bomb of, of a piece of information because what's the problem with monopoly at the end of the day? You know, so it's like one voice is speaking for every single person that's on social media across the planet. And that's incredibly dangerous because it's polarizing. Once again, it is completely polarizing people to the agenda of one corporation. And we already saw the effects of that with the presidential election. They came out and said that Facebook played a huge part in swaying the way that the election went. On top of the fact that a lot of these accounts are bots, you know, bought out by whoever for whatever agenda. So it's, I was actually really excited when you shared that with me that some, you know, there's justice being pursued in that way. You know, a messaging app. And then I don't know if any of you all know this listening, but Instagram was definitely bought out by Facebook. And um, that was back in 2012. So nearly 10 years has passed since this. Um, and they're pretty much, you know, citing that, you know, as long as Facebook continues to monopolize, there won't really be, you know, there really won't be a need for competition. And that's not, you know, legal because, you know, platforms, why, you know, we have different flavors of cereal. We all like maybe might like hash browns, but there's different brands. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, what is it about this situation? That's like, no, we can't have any competition. We have to be the only ones, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think when I think of monopoly, I always think of in the medical industry because a lot of people don't fully understand the concept of Medicare for all. Not to say that I'm for or against it because that's a whole other can of worms that I just am not, I'm not going there right now. But the whole concept of competition is that say that we have five different brands of, of painkillers, right? Well, the fact that they're all created by different people would mean that, okay, if I'm sensitive to this one ingredient, then I can go over here to get a painkiller from these people because they don't use that, that one ingredient that doesn't agree with my body. But if there's only one option, then what do you do if there's a certain ingredient that you don't agree with? Or we can think of food production, like, okay, these people feed their their chickens with antibiotics. I don't want to eat their chicken. I want to go to these people where their chicken actually have a full diet. But with Monopoly, you don't have that option. And that's incredibly dangerous, especially. And so taking it back to social media and just the internet in general, 
where there's monopoly, there's a lack of perspective and information being shared. The spectrum disappears and it's just black or white, or in the case with Facebook, it's just white. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. It's very dangerous. Um, and I think it's really unfortunate because it kind of is, you know, definitely a way to, I don't want to say undermine, but it's kind of like a way to, you know, what's going on. Let's keep, you know, our, our ear to, you know, the streets and see what people are talking about. And, um, you know, there are moments that people may not want to share or talk about, even if it is something that they feel or think. Um, and it's kind of like interesting that we're definitely in this time of like, well, yeah, you know, speak, speak your mind and don't be a pushover at the same time. It's like on the other end of that, like okay, there are people in the world who are, you know, gaining from monopolizing one, you know, one app, it turning over multiple times over in profit. So now it's like we have this weird tug of war between say what you need to say, don't say anything. Talk about this, but don't post that. You know what I mean? It's 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 crazy. Or you know, you know leave your phone in a different room yeah like even back to the whole um covid thing and the cdc posting there are so many different people speaking on this subject credible people credible agencies doctors laboratories there are so many different perspectives of this information and so the danger in having um people really being kind of corralled like freaking sheep to one source of information, you have to wonder why that's happening. Because at the end of the day, it's diversity that creates, you know, you don't get any, you don't really get, you think of when people say the truth, there's always two sides of the story and then there's the, the ultimate side, which is kind of above both of those other perspectives. Well, that gives you three perspectives to consider, but when there's a monopoly, you only have that one. And so then you're at the mercy of that one agency's agenda. And that's just so, it's so disrespectful to the human brain and the human development. And it's been happening slowly but surely, I would say at least since the beginning of the industrial revolution. Because when you think about what the industrial revolution represents, they need worker bees. They don't need people thinking free thoughts. They don't need inventors. They need people that are gonna work in the factories. And I feel like social media and the internet, the way that it's being um, created and molded is just a further testament to that because you gotta think like, this is just, we're, when we were little, we played outside. Our younger siblings, a lot of them didn't. They like the internet and social media was just as much a part of their childhood as tag and jump rope was a part of our childhood growing up. And you got to think of what that does to their cognitive abilities and their abilities for civil discourse and their abilities to socialize and their, you know, concept of how to engage in, in um, critical thought when all the options are boiled down to one. You know, like most people, when they look something up on the internet, they don't go past the first page. But in reality, when you look something up on a search engine, it's not telling you the information that's the most accurate. It shows you first and foremost, what is the most popular search. So it's like, since when is that the rule, the law of the land? Like, hasn't it always been, you know, the you don't follow the herd? But the herd is the only thing that's getting any show when you go looking on these search engines. You don't, you know what I mean? Like, for example, when I was doing my research to talk about structured water, 
it was absolutely impossible to find credible information on Google. I had to go and find books. So I'm glad that you brought that up, that there are, you know, there are options and we can't say whether, you know, the effectivity of these options, but we at least need to be considering them and doing what we can and not just throwing our hands up and being like, oh, it's bigger than me. So I'm just let it rot. Like, that's how we got here. <laughs> I think that, you know, it will take, a, I think it'll take a movement, like no social media, no phone for a week, something like, you know, there's all these challenges that people are doing. I'm surprised someone hasn't thought of doing that challenge yet and actually succeeded. Mm. Mm. And that kind of brings me to another point that I know is super unpopular. But when you look at like the civil rights movement or just any big movement, it took a sacrifice. You know, the bus boycotts, like people had to walk their asses to work. People had to find alternatives. People had to make sacrifices. They had to be uncomfortable. And nowadays, the concept of being uncomfortable is just completely like, it's not even an option for most people. So for example, think about the whole thing with the Confederate flags. That means something very specific to Black people. And it means something very specific to white people. They can say, you know, my grandfather fought in this war. We always grew up with this. This is a part of our tradition. It means too much to me to let it go. And as Black people, we're like, okay, that's, that's all great and dandy that this is a part of your heritage, but it's harmful and we need you to stop. And at the same time, Black people are not willing to stop watching football. And the excuse is, well, I grew up watching football and my daddy and them watch football. And this is not a judgment. It's just an example. If you if you look, if you feel a type of way, then that means that you don't agree with your own decisions. I'm just saying you can't say on one hand that these people have to give up a part of their heritage when you can't even give up watching football. Ooh. It's like people aren't ready to make sacrifices. They're like, well, I do this every Sunday. Okay, well, they have danced around, you know, they have had Confederate flags in their family for one reason or another forever. And you and you want, and they should give it up. They absolutely should consider the harm that it does to people and do the work to remove that out of their heritage and out of their tradition. And at the same time, if we're seeing that the NFL contributes to structural racism, then we should also be just as willing and ready to make that sacrifice on our end to contribute to the world that we want to see. But people don't want to be uncomfortable and they don't want to make sacrifices and they want to objectify all of the responsibility for change onto somebody, anybody other than themselves. Pretty much wanting a miracle to fall out of the sky. Yeah. And so I, I, I see what you're saying with that. And it's tough because as far as, you know, navigating a world that's becoming increasingly cyber, how do we, how do we make those changes? I'm, I'm really, and I, I don't claim to have the answer for that because I just started really actually using social media in May of last year. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I actually hope that our listeners maybe reach out and let us know some ways that they see possible to mitigate the monopolization of free thought and free expression uh, as far as social media and, you know, data collection and things like that go. You know, in order to get something, you may have to give something else up. And, you know, people don't want to hear that either, but it is, you know, it's very much a real thing. So, you know, sometimes it's like you have to be willing to say, you know, uh, this doesn't really vibe with me. I need to think about what I could do, or this isn't vibing with me. I need to stay off the internet for a day or two. Yeah. 
And I also look forward to, you know, more alternatives being created. And I think that once the alternatives are created, then it's on us to actually support them. Because I know that there have been some alternatives coming out to Amazon. Um, there's some new social media platforms coming out. I think you get further trying to build the new world than you would damning the way that the world is right now, because it is how it is. Mm. You know, I think you get a lot further if you actually build the structures that you do want to see. So that's one thing that I that I would love to participate in. Um, and so I, I, I'm curious about like what alternatives there are, you know, because if there is another place that I can go to put my music out and, you know, for people to put their art and their poetry and speak on certain topics and not be censored, that would be ideal if we were to make mass exoduses and support what we do want to see and not support what we don't want to see. What a concept. Yeah, I would love to be part of a united front. I just know that there are times where you will walk alone, only for people later on to be like, mm. yeah, you mm. were Gosh, you knew that. Like, yeah, like, why do you think I'm saying this? You know, but I will say this. I do have hope that, um, you know, there can be some changes, positive ones, with, you know, social media, the internet, things like that. Uh, it just is a matter of the right event, you know, mm-hmm. triggering that, it seems like, because events on the outside world always seems to be, you know, reflected somehow on the inside. So that's, yeah, that's definitely you know, what I would like to see. I would like to see us collectively actually try to make a change or a difference. Um, I can't tell you what that would mean, but it would be nice to definitely think about and consider because we're millennials, we're the most tech savvy anyway. So it wouldn't make sense for us to be the most tech savvy. And then we do, you know, things that are kind of opposition to that. Yeah. Like even um, the the whole fallout with people going on Reddit and dropping gems about trading and stuff like that's the type of stuff that I feel like it's going to take for us to see real change because Wall Street got hopped on that quickly they you know what I mean like and those are the type of movements that I feel like are really going to make the difference and um, you touched on something that is really near and dear just the idea that a lot of times when you're speaking that real or just you know speaking something to an existence, if you're speaking something into existence, that means that currently it doesn't exist. So a lot of people are not gonna wanna get behind it. Like even that comment that I made about the Confederate flag and football, that's gonna piss a lot of people off because that would force you to like reconsider the narrative that you've been seeing and hearing majorly, you know, on social media and just media in general. but it's just, you know, is that important? Is that important that we we have to walk alone sometimes? Is that important that you have to be mis- misunderstood sometimes? Because somebody has to pave that way. Somebody has to speak it into existence. Somebody, you know what I mean? And it's not going to happen if we if we aren't willing and ready to to divert like that. And that's why I'm really grateful that you are open to having these talks on this platform. Um, and I just hope that our audience is open to going there with us. You know, we don't claim to know everything. We don't claim to have all the answers, but we just want to add some color to the conversation. We want to say something that maybe you didn't already see 30 different times retweeted down your timeline. Yeah, I agree. I so, so agree with you. 
Because, I mean, yeah. we all like I said, we all scroll past the terms and conditions. Like, yeah, whatever. As long as you ain't doing nothing crazy. But it's like, yeah, if we actually read it, we might have a little bit more reason to be concerned. So I really hope that, you know, there's just, you know, something to think about. I, I, it misses me a lot of the times. But when I used to hang out at my friend's house, he was always watching. Like, that was his shit. And there was this one episode that I think people should try to go find because I just thought about this and I saw the episode forever ago. So the whole premise of the fucking episode is that there's these terms and conditions for the, for the kid's phone and he doesn't read it. Like who reads these? It's dumb. We don't read it. And so he agrees to it and come to find out there's something in the terms and conditions that he agreed to be a part of a human centipede. And it's Mm -hmm. like so silly and extreme of an example but it's like, you agreed to that. You didn't read it and you agreed to it. And now you're in a crazy ass situation. And I just, so I, I wish I could remember the name of the episode, but like I said, I don't watch it like that. But it's just really like, it's a caricature of what, what, we're, what we're talking about right now. You don't know what you're agreeing to. And once you hit that button, you've technically given your consent. And so I think it's important for us to acknowledge that everything is interactional. We think that the government or the man or this or that controls us, but we have to give permission for everything that happens in our life. Everything. You have to consent because you are given a God-given, goddess, God-given right to sovereignty. You You only lose that if you hand it over. You only lose that if you hand it over. And so we really have to think about collectively, especially right now, what are we handing over by deciding that this is too much for me. So I'm gonna just throw my hands up and hope, hope they're doing the right thing when they've shown that they're not, <laughs> they've shown over and over that they don't have our best interest in heart at heart. You were spitting some real facts. I just have to sit there with my, you know, my wig on the floor. <laughs> well, pick it up friend. <laughs> Look, I think after this conversation, I think we just need to be a little bit more intentional about what we're doing and what we're being careless about and having that conversation with ourselves. And I'm gonna drop mic on that one for real this time. We would love to get some feedback on what do you all think as far as solutions, as far as the severity of it? You know, are you one of those people in the comments that's like, girl, I don't care about any of this. Or, you know, or are you one of those people that's really trying to get to the bottom and figure this out? We would love to hear back from you all. Um, Of course, you can always hit us up. Um, We will be back next week as always with another episode and until then um peace